Welcome back to Horror TV. This is your host, Killenberg. Now for this episode, I'm going to be reviewing episode 2 of Bates Motel, which is titled, Nice Tanya Picked, Norma. Alright, so let's get started. The episode starts with Norman reading from the sketchbook with his flashlight. For those of you that don't remember or don't know, Norman found a sketchbook under the um, carpets in episode 1. Now, if anyone's wondering why I'm saying this, it's because it's actually pretty important to the plot. He also turns his flashlight on and off repeatedly. And we see various pictures of girls and women chained down and tied up. Oh, to clarify, I don't mean like girls like 8-year-olds, you know. These are, you know, young women. Alright, so anyway, Norman hears the doorbell ring. He gets up and hides the book under his mattress. And he puts the flashlight under the bed. And we see other stuff under the bed as well. We see Norma going down the stairs and she says she's coming. When she answers the door, we see Dylan standing there. He says, hey mom. She just stands there. Now, if you don't count deleted scenes, this is the very first time we physically see him in the show. We see the house and the motel. Then we see Norma and Norman in the kitchen. Norman asks if Dylan says how long he's staying. She says she didn't ask him because she didn't think it was an option. She says she can find him some money and he can go on his way. Then Dylan walks in. He says the toast is done. Norman says he knows. Norman asks if he wants some breakfast. He says, thanks, no. Norman tells him the bread's gonna get stale. He looks at Norman and it's obvious he's annoyed, but he doesn't say anything. Norma asks why he's here. He says, because that's what normal people do, Norma. When they've lost their job and they've got no money and have no place to stay, they go home. So we know he's, him and Norma don't get along since he's actually calling her Norma. He then says most normal moms don't move out of the state and hide it from their own son. He says they're out of cream. We see teenage girls on the bench. You know the same bench from the first, well the yeah, first episode. We see Norman walking in the grass. Bradley walks up to him and says, hey, he says hey back. She asks why he left the party so early and asks if he hooked up with someone. He says he would like to lie to her and say yes, but he got his history book out of her car and went home. She says she hates studying, and um, he says a necessary evil. She asks if he really wants to study with her for a test. We see a car I'm driving by really fast. Bradley says that's her dad's car. He crashes and Bradley runs up to the car really fast. Norman and the other girls follow her. She tries to open the door, but it won't open. Norman tries and succeeds. We see that he's been badly burnt. We see the opening for the show. We see a man put a hook on the car. You know, to like, tow it or whatever? Well, not, you know. Anyway, we see Shelby. Alex tells Norma that man was Jerry Martin and he owned a warehouse. He says it looks like someone set a fire there and trapped him inside. Norma asks if he's saying someone did that on purpose and says it's horrible. Alex agrees that it's horrible. An officer tells Alex there's something he needs to see. Dylan walks up to Norma. He says, interesting morning in White Pine Bay. Yeah, this doesn't take place in Fairville like um, the movie did. It takes place in White Pine Bay. To be more specific, White Pine Bay, Oregon. Which is weird because the Fairville was in California in the original. Then he says, it's a really nice town you picked here, Norma. Which is obviously a reference, which obviously the title of the episode is a reference to that. She tells him to stop calling her Norma. Then she she tells him if he's going to stay um, there, he's going to pitch in. 
Alex asks her to come here. We see a truck. She looks worried. Alex says this is Keith Summers' truck. He says he hasn't been home in a couple of nights and asks him if she's seen him. She says she hasn't. She asks him why he would leave his truck there. Alex says that's what they're wondering. Shelby tells the other officers where they're going to search. Norma tells Alex good luck with everything and walks off. Now in school, Watson tells the students she wants them to select a poem and explain why it's still relevant in today's world. It turns out to be a partner assignment. Emma um, asks to be Norman's partner, and he says yeah. She says she'll meet him at his place. She knows it's at the motel. We see Norman carrying flowers in a hospital. Norman looks at Bradley. She sees him and walks up to him, but stops when Richard walks up to her. He tells her to talk to her mom because she needs her. He walks up to Norman and asks why he's there. He explains that he felt bad over what happened and says he was there. Richard says, yeah, I know. Norman also says he wanted to give Bradley the flowers. Richard says he'll give it to her. Norman hands him the flowers and says thank you. We see a car in front of a strip club, and in the car looks like bags with drugs of some kind. We see Dylan and another man watching a stripper. The other man cries. He asks um, Dylan what he's looking at, but then he says sorry and explains that his boss was in an accident. He explains that he got burnt real bad and is a, in a coma. So now we know that Bradley's dad is, is this guy's boss. Dylan says that's not right. The man says no, it's not. A waitress brings him a drink, and Dylan sees the money he has. Dylan asks where he got that kind of money in a town like that. We see Dylan bringing in those bags. Norma is sitting on the steps. She says, listen, dumbass, this is not going to stand. He starts to walk away, but she tells him she's trying to build a life there for her and Norman, and he's not going to screw it up. He says, I grew up in a house with you, remember? He says it's always been about what she was trying to do for Norman. She says that Norman's a good son, and he takes some food out of the fridge and eats it directly out of the container. He, be he says he's sorry if he was a little annoyed with her after she drove his dad away and by skanking around with Norman's father. And she says she wasn't skank. It wasn't her fault. She was 17. I know it sounds weird, but there might be a plot point to this part. I know it might sound weird, but let's just say there might be. Remember, she says it wasn't her fault. But then she says she met Sam and fell in love. He asks how that worked out. She says, I hate you. She says he's never had an ounce of kindness for her. She explains that her and Norman are close, and that's a normal range between, between mothers and sons. Dylan then asks how she got all that money. He explains that they never had a lot of money when, you know, when he was growing up. She says Sam's insurance policy. He sold insurance and he was well covered. He says goodnight, Norma. She tells him to stop calling her Norma and says she is his mother. We see Norma and Norman cleaning the kitchen. There's probably a reason for that, obviously. Dylan walks in and asks if they ever get tired of each other. Instead of helping, he sits down. They hear the doorbell ring. Dylan says he'll get it. It's Emma. She says hi and says she's there to study with Norman. He tells Norman there's a girl for him and tells her to come in. She comes in and says hi to Norman. 
He introduces Norma and Emma. He explains that they're doing a project together. Dylan says, I'm Dylan. Norma says that it's nice to meet her. Norman asks where she lives. She says her dad has a shop in the village and they live in the space above it. Norma asks what her last name is. Emma says Dakota and Norma asks if that's Italian. She says no and says they're from the UK. Believe it or not, the woman that plays her is also from the UK. And so is the guy that plays Norman. Now Dylan asks about getting groceries. She says she hasn't made the list yet. She asks them how long they've lived there. Emma says about five years. She says her dad was a professor in Manchester. Emma tells Norma about her CF. She says she's heard of it but doesn't know exactly what it is. Emma explains it. Norma asks um, what if her life expectancy is. She says maybe 27. Norma says they should go upstairs and do their homework and to let her know she gets hungry. When they leave, Dylan asks if she thinks Emma has to take that thing out of her nose when they make out. Norma didn't say anything. Norman asks Emma about the tiger because they're trying to, you know, pick the poem they're doing. She says it's a classic and she reads it. He asks him what it means. She says it's saying how could a god that made all the beauty in the world also make these things that are scary and evil. She says they could do that and talk about murders such as O.J. and Charles Manson. I'm not giving examples. That's actually what she says. She reads another poem. She finds the book of sketches. He says it's nothing. She says she doesn't care while laughing. She says the pictures are amazing. She asks if he drew them. He says no and that he found them. She says that she's read manga a lot steamier than that. Then she asks to borrow it, and he says, sure. We see the house and Norma in a room. Um, she's rubbing her legs. We hear the doorbell. She gets it, and it's the sheriff's. She says, good evening. They say they need to ask her some questions. She says, sure. Alex says an eyewitness saw Keith Summers talking to her and Norman. She says she didn't think he met, um, has she ever seen him? Alex says some people might think in the last week um, might have been recently. He asks if he made any threats to her. She says no. Alex um, says he wasn't too happy about her rebuying the property. She says she, she doesn't get how that has anything to do with his disappearance. He says he didn't remember bringing up a disappearance. He um, says if she um, doesn't mind, he would like to take a good look around. She says she does mind. She brings up needing a warrant. Alex says she needs to work with him and says he's the last guy you want on your bad side. She says okay. We see a beach and Norma driving. She sees Shelby talking to a few people and she gets Shelby's attention. He tells the guys he's talking to to be safe and starts talking to normal. She jokingly tells him to slap the handcuffs on. He says that is Romero and says that's just his style and not to take it personally. She says it's a little hard not to. He offers to buy her a cup of coffee. She says sure. We see them in a restaurant. She tells him that it was horrible for Norman to lose his father and they came here because they w she wanted a clean slate for him. She says that it's compromised when Sheriff Bulldog is standing on her porch. Shelby says he doesn't think he was making accusations. He thinks she was inferring that. Like, you know, he's trying to be funny. 
Shelby says Romero and Keith Summers grew up together and they were boyhood friends. A man asked Shelby if he's going to woodchuck tonight. He says he wouldn't miss it. Norman asks what that is. He says it's a festival and it's left over from when White Pine Bay used to be a logging town. She says sounds charming. He tells her she should come. She says she would love to. He says he can't take her because of the Keith Summers thing, but um, he says they could meet up there. We see her run to Norman's room. She asks how it looks. He asks for what. She says she's meeting up with Shelby in town. She explains she didn't tell him this because she didn't want him to worry. Then she tells about the police coming over. She tells him about someone seeing them talking to Summers. She says Shelby seems to like them and she's going doing a goodwill mission. She has another shirt and she says this one's better, right, and takes her shirt off. For those wondering, no, you don't get to see her completely topless. She's wearing an undershirt. She says she's his mom, so it's not like weird or anything. <laughs> he tells her she doesn't have to do it and it says he doesn't want her to go. She says he's overreacting, so he offers to go with her. She says no. She says it's fine and it doesn't mean anything. And then she says it's not like I have feelings for him or anything. She says she doesn't want him to worry about anything, and that's why she's doing this. We see a ship and a guy working on it. The guy from the strip club introduces him and Dylan. The guy's name is Gil, the guy that was working on the ship. We hear that his full name is Dylan Massett. Gil asks Dylan if he knows how to use a gun. Dylan says yeah. We see Norman pull something out of the oven. Dylan asks, what's for dinner, honey? Norman says screw off and says he didn't make it. Norma did. But he says mom, but you know. Dylan says they're out of beer. Um, then Dylan's phone rings. The caller ID says the whore. Norman says apparently the whore is calling you. When Dylan answers, he says, hi Norma. Norman looks at him, and he's obviously not very happy. Norman says, don't you ever call her a whore. Then he pushes Dylan into dishes. Dylan pushes him down. Dylan asks what he's doing and says he's a joke. He also says he lets her run him like a puppet. Norman says she doesn't run him. She cares about him. He also says she's not a bad person. She's just not perfect. He tries to punch Dylan. Dylan pins him to the fridge. Dylan says she's ruined him. Norman asks him why he wanted to stay here if he hated her so much. Dylan says he has nowhere else to go. He tells him not to ever come at him again or he'll hurt him bad. Norman stays leaned against the fridge. He notices that the dishes he pushed Dylan into are broken. He grabs a hammer and tries to hit Dylan with it. Dylan moves out of the way and starts punching Norman. Norman falls on the ground. Dylan says he told him not to do that. Dylan walks out. Norman says she's not a whore. Now at the festival we see a log being cut. Shelby is one of the people cutting it. Norma says look at you. Now walking together with coffee, he tells her that there's a million reasons Summers could have disappeared. He explains he was a train wreck. And she says, weird things keep happening. He says, nowhere is like that town. He says, there's other ways to produce an economy and it's not always as it seems. She says he can't let bad and illegal things happen here. He says people in that town deal with things in a different way, but it gets dealt with. She asks about the guy that was burned. He says it'll be dealt with, an eye for an eye. We see Norman in bed watching TV. Norma walks in. 
She asks what happened. He says him and Dylan got in a fight and it's not a big deal. She says it is a big deal. She says what happened. He says he doesn't know and says they don't get along. She says he's going to have to leave. She tells him to get some sleep and kisses him. After Norma leaves, Norman's phone rings. It's a text from Emma. She tells him to meet her at the shop and says it's important. Norman knocks on the door of the shop. No one answers, but he opens the door. He looks around. She sees him and smiles. She says, cool, you came. He says that she said it was important. She asks what happened. Because, you know, because I'm having the injuries. He says he fell down the stairs. She says, it's okay. You don't have to tell me. He asks what's up with all the stuffed animals and asks if they're real. She says they were once. She says her dad does it and says he's the best taxidermy artist on the West Coast. She tells him to sit down and says she's going to tell him a story about real living things. She says four girls from Shunyi, China were told if they come to America illegally and work as housemaids, they will get citizenships in seven years. But they aren't going to be maids. They are forced to have sex with different men every day. One died from an overdose and the other girls had to bury her by the shed in the trees. Norman says that's a wild story. She says she's not done. She shows him one of the sketches. She says that's Ladyface and says it's a mountain just outside of White Pine Bay. She says her dad showed her the mountain before, so it really exists. Norman says, and? She says, someone did that to those girls, and they can prove it. She says they can go to the grave and see if it's real or not. Norman and Emma kiss. She asks if he's in. He smiles. We see a record playing. We then see Dylan drinking. Uh, he walks around. He sees a photo of Normal holding a baby, and he picks it up. Normal walks in and asks what he's doing, and she also says it's in the middle of the night. He says just having a cocktail and listening to some music. She says she saw what he did to Norman, and says he can't stay there because he's toxic. She says he's leaving in the morning. Don't ask how Sam died. He says that the insurance guy said how much of a wonderful husband and father Sam was. He then says he thought it would be interesting to tell him how Sam really was. She tells him to keep the music on. We see Emma and Norma get out of a car, and it looks like an older car. They see the mountain. He says she was right and that's it. We see them going through a forest. Emma stops and starts coughing, because you know, she has like breathing problems. She asks them where the shed was at. Norman says they should take a break. She hands him a water bottle. He asks if it's okay for her to be doing that. She says, totally, fine. Like there was actually space in between it. They see the view and it says, it's cool up there. She mentions a meditation her dad taught her that makes you realize how small you are in the world. She asks if Norman feels that way. He doesn't say anything. They end up finding a pot field. Two men see them. Emma and Norman run and the men chase them. They end up hiding and lose the men. They continue running. Emma falls and of course Norman helps her up. Emma sees the shed but Norman says they can't stop now. After a while they get to Emma's car and the guys show up but they get away in time. We see the beach again. We see Norma driving. She sees something burning. 
Shelby is controlling traffic. The thing burning turns out to be a hanging body. Remember what he said, an eye for an eye. Now, for my opinion on this episode, I thought it was pretty good. But I actually like this show, so most likely I'll probably say it's good. If you have not yet seen this show, you need to watch it. I mean, it's well acted, it's well written. Like I was saying before, the woman that plays Emma and the guy that plays Norman, they're from the UK, but you wouldn't actually know this by watching the show. They did really good on the American accents. So, I hope you enjoyed my review of Bates Motel Episode 2. Now, next episode, I'll be reviewing Episode 3 of Bates Motel. That episode is titled, What's Wrong with Norman? I hope you enjoyed this episode of Horror TV, and I'll see you next time.